What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the channel. It's Denise Salcedo, and I'm very stoked to introduce my guest for today. You guys know her from her time in Impact Wrestling and WWE. Ladies and gents, please welcome Mackenzie Mitchell. Hey, Mackenzie. Hi, girl. How are you? I'm good. Oh my gosh. First of all, I the second you logged on, I was dying over your background that you have. I oh love it so much. It's exactly what I imagined you to have, by the way. Right? Very fitting with the magazine covers. If you can see the full screen, it's a whole wall full of magazine, like a magazine style wallpaper that I felt that I had to have when I was creating headline. I was like, oh, this is so appropriate. It makes so much sense. Um, so yeah, this is kind of, I, I took over the spare bedroom as my office and my husband just kind of had to go along with it. So that's how it works, right? Sorry. You just exactly. got to go along with what I need to do. Hey, he has his like man cave in the backyard. So he has his side of the house and I have my side of the house, which I feel like works. It's a perfect balance. Yes, I love that. That's like the perfect way to go about it because I feel like in relationships, obviously we you'd love to be with the other person. That's why you married them. But yep. you also need a second to kind of go off and do your own thing for a bit and yeah, kind of get back to who you are. Yes. 100%. 100%. Oh my God. Well, I got to tell you, I'm Mackenzie. My favorite thing about you, and this is literally from all of the times that I would see you on NXT, the times that we've seen each other in person, is the way that you dress. Obviously, also oh. on your social media, I'm obsessed with your style, and I feel Thank like you. we need to take a second and applaud some of your uh, your. Oh outfits. my gosh! Thank you. Thank you. I, I, if you're not taking a risk with fashion, then why even do it at all? Why even show up at all? So with me, it's like I like to recreate some pieces from my family, my, I wore my aunt's homecoming dress from 1990. I also have some other outfits I've never gotten to pull out of the closet yet. Um, that were my mom's from like the early two thousands that I had taken up and remade and remodeled. So it's just a passion of mine. I think it's really cool to express yourself through what you're wearing through style and through fashion. Yes, I think so too. And just kind of like, I can see it. Like you can always tell when someone has a passion for fashion because yep. you can see it in the way that they dress. And I think that it just makes you like more bold and it gets for people to get to know you a little bit through That's your right. wardrobe. I totally feel the same. I think that especially even my job in WWE, kind of being in the background of being an on-air announcer or a backstage interviewer or whatever, that was my way to express myself without having to say anything at all. Yes, I love that. Oh my God, that is so cool. So, you know, let's go ahead and dive into that, Mackenzie, because you yeah. over the last several years have just been like killing it. You know, I mentioned earlier, obviously your work in Impact Wrestling, you, mm -hmm. that was where a lot of people first got familiar with you and you went from that. And obviously you also did some additional work in between um, with Fox Sports and then eventually going and getting the dream job with WWE. Talk about your journey to WWE. WWE and what it meant to you when you first got hired. So I I started Impact in 2016 right out of college. Fresh new girl out of college, had no idea what she wanted to do, landed a job in professional wrestling, had never watched a day of professional wrestling or a match or had a moment or anything in my life. Um, and was able to jump right in and just kind of put my head down and grind and work and figure out and learn like what the professional wrestling business is all about. Um, I applied for WWE for the first time in 2017, did not get the job and then continued on with impact wrestling for an additional three years, loved it, had so much fun. Um, 
the locker room that we had an impact was the camaraderie is unmatched. It was so fun. And now a lot of the people that were in impact are now in WWE, the Bobby Lashley's Chelsea green, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight. I mean, the list goes on of, we were all just like a family at impact. And then I ended up landing my job. So I, I was in Nashville for three years when I started with impact moved to LA kind of made myself a little bit uncomfortable by moving to a different area, to a different state across the country, had a great time, and then applied for WWE again online, wwecareers.com, got the job with WWE, and then moved to Connecticut um, and started with the digital side of things. So I was doing the bump, I was doing WWE Now, and then almost immediately within six months, they had moved me to NXT to do the backstage interviews. So I got really lucky there because that's what I wanted to do in the long run, I wanted to do the backstage interviews. That's kind of how, that's kind of my bread and butter and where I learned an impact. And so I was able to go to Florida or move down to Florida and do that. So it's been, it's been a journey. It's been hard, but it's been a lot of ups and downs, but a great experience to say the least. I feel like you, based on the story that you just gave right now, I feel like you're very go with the wind kind of person because it's like you were never a pro wrestling fan. And next thing you know, you're out there on TV interviewing pro wrestlers. When you first got involved with the business, what was like the most surprising, shocking thing to you? Well, I think more than anything for me, it's a job in, in broadcast, I think overall, you know, as a broadcaster yourself, it's a little challenging because you have to take the opportunities that you're given. And for me, I was really lucky to land a job right out of college in broadcast. I had that experience on camera throughout college being the primary MC for all the football, baseball, basketball games. But then to be able to land a job right out of college in professional wrestling and a well-known company, it, it was really, I was really lucky with that. Um, and I got to learn and then grow to who I am today. And so I, I feel like it's been really great of an experience to just learn throughout the times and, and grow and flourish throughout my years and just continue to see where my next broadcast career will take me. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that being a broadcaster, there's a lot of challenges that come with that because mm -hmm. people think, oh, you're just a pretty face and you go on camera and you talk about it. And that part, you know, it can be easy, especially if you know the subject that you're talking about. But Mackenzie, the battle behind the camera can be so competitive with trying to find work, applying places, doing everything you possibly can. For you, like what has been the hardest part of your broadcasting journey? Oh man, I think that the, I mean, like I said, you understand as a broadcaster, a lot of people say no. They might say no a million times before you finally get a yes for an opportunity. I think it's always the question of what's the perfect resume reel? What do you submit to someone? How do you get yourself out there when you're networking and you're trying to land a, a job with an on-air on job? Because it doesn't come very often. I feel like those roles are kind of set for a while and then they stay. So it's not like you have, those don't turn around as easy as, as I think some other jobs do. So I think it's been, um, yeah, it's been it's it's hard to say what's the hardest thing that's been, but I think it's been like finding what works for me. And I think that finding a good resume reel, getting yourself in the door and just networking with as many people as you can, because it might not be the first person that you meet, but the second or third down the line that says, here, I've got an opportunity for you. Let's see if it works for you for you at the time, I should say.
Yes, exactly that. So you get the big moment, you sign with WWE, and that's that's the dream for a lot of people yeah. in professional wrestling. Of course, you want to go to WWE, you want to work there, you want to get the opportunities that come with it. So when you signed, uh, what was your expectation and how did you feel, you know, doing all of the digital stuff? Well, I felt like I made it to the majors. I mean, a lot of people would say that in WWE. When you start in professional wrestling, you're like, you want to get to WWE. You want to have that WrestleMania moment, that Royal Rumble moment, that capstone moment. So I think it was kind of a, a dream that ended up becoming a reality for me because I don't. when I first started in wrestling, I'm like, yeah, I think I want to take my time. I don't know if WWE is going to be the course for me. And then, of course, once you're in it, you you want to get there. So that's, it was really exciting and it felt like all the hard work of the years to get to that point finally built up and came to a head. Yes, exactly that. Like you sort of had this validation of what you had been doing up until this point, given that you said the first time you got, you applied, you didn't get hired and then you did. Did they ever give you a reason for that, by the way? Never a reason. I think sometimes opportunities just come at their perfect timing. And I think at that point, it wasn't a perfect time. And um, my husband and I joke about it all the time, because at that point, he had just started with the company, he was like in no place to kind of find anyone. And then I ended up getting hired in 2019. And he was and so it just made sense. I think that there are, there's a lot of manifestation. And when things are meant to happen, they will happen. Yes, I almost feel like it was meant for you to be there at that exact same time. Like you just said it right now, because hey, like you ended up finding the love of your life and Mm -hmm. getting to work together for all of those years. It was like that was the perfect place you needed to be at the time. And I'm forever grateful for that, too, because people that that's another thing that people don't even think realize is I met my husband within WWE. So all of my experiences in WWE and the things I got to see and do and do it with the love of my life like that. I'm endlessly grateful for. How did it happen for you guys? Like, when did the moment come? Because I know, especially for us girls, they always say, don't get involved with anybody that you work with. And you kind of have the fear. And you're like, should I trust somebody that's in the wrestling business? Like, well, what should I do? Well, and especially doing the same role as me, too. You know, I think we're the first couple in the announce team. I think we both were the first couple to be married on the announce team. And so that's really unique and different. Um, He was calling Raw at the time. And we met in Minnesota. Um, It was my first time to come to a WWE event, like as an employee, as a back, like being backstage and stuff. And we met each other and I knew there was something about him. I just didn't know what it was. I'm like, this is really interesting. He's, he's just different. There's a different connection than I've ever met with anyone else. And then little did I know he was missing meetings to try to talk to me. He had the show that night. He had raw that night. And I'm just nonchalant going about my business, going to catering, talking to people, filming some stuff for the bump. And then we started DMing. And then a month later, we went on our first date and the rest was history. Oh, my God. We need a rewind. He was missing meetings to talk to you. He was missing meetings to talk to me. And I'm like, why were you doing that? Like, I I was going to be there regardless backstage. We'd have plenty of other times to chat. But I guess he just really wanted to make a first impression. Um, And he didn't mind being late or not showing up for a meeting to be able to talk to me. That's true love, right? You're like, I had the power to do that. Like somebody chose me. Like, that's actually pretty (laughs) sweet. You know, I'd be like, oh, thanks. You know, worth it. Yeah, right. Hair flip, 100%. I love that. Okay. So, you know, you, uh, I want to talk about your time in NXT because you got to do so much there. Obviously, all of the backstage interviews, the pre-show panels. uh, We worked together. Yeah, I can say firsthand, Mackenzie, that your 
work ethic was when I saw you back there and we were running through everything. I love the way that it just showed how much you cared because you were back oh, there looking through your rundown, looking through those scripts, going over it. You made me feel more comfortable because when Aww. I went there, obviously, you know, it was just be yourself, right? But there's so much that goes into putting together a pre-show and us running it down with Sam and you kind of leading that charge made it easier for me to go out there and do this that I'd never done before. And so when I was watching you work, I was really blown away by just how much you cared about what you were doing. Well, thank you. That's really sweet. Um, I think there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes that people don't get to see because for me, my mentality going into a kickoff show or to an NXT was always when you know the product, when you know what you're talking about, you can do anything. You can go in either direction. So if you knew the stories, you knew the, who the superstars were and what they wanted to convey and what their emotions were in the stories and the rivalries, you're never going to fail yourself because you know where to go. You know what to talk about just naturally without having to make something up. Um, so that was always my mentality when I was, was doing the kickoff shows with you is like, if we needed to stand there for three hours and talk about a match, how deep can we go in this match? And how much do I know? How much, how much studying have I done behind the scenes so that I could fill the time or just talk about it without having to even think about it? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because it just, it, I think the way that you broke it down, it just clicks because that's what I was thinking too when we did the pre show. And it was like 30 minutes, right? And yeah. that thing felt like one minute. I'm like, that's right. it. It's over. But during that time, though, there is so much that goes into it. There's people talking in your ear. There's people, you know, cueing you. You got to know the rundown. But the key thing that I think you said here, the most important thing is knowing the product. And that is what I think helps a lot of people. So I do want to talk to you because you were able to do all of these different roles and all of these different roles require a different skill. Being on a pre-show versus being a backstage interviewer, two different types of things. How did you like each and every single thing that you did? And what was like the biggest thing that you learned in this job? Well, I think you have to be well-versed as a broadcaster. You just kind of said it yourself. Of, I was doing ring announcements. I was hosting the kickoff shows. I was doing backstage interviews. I was hosting a weekly segment for um, called What's Next, where it was just like a fun behind-the-scenes show doing WWE Now. Um, tapping into a lot of my different skills was, was really fun because it allowed me to broaden my horizons as an announcer, as a broadcaster, to take those skills with me now wherever I go. Um, my favorite thing to probably do would be interviewing. That's just something that's always came natural to me. Um, I told a story with Chris Vandelite about a professor that I had met um, when I first started getting a broadcast degree and when I was a freshman in college. And she told me I was a natural broadcaster. We had to stand up and interview the person beside us and then deliver like the information about the person beside us to the entire room. And she pulled me aside and said, you're definitely a broadcast journalist. You don't know this yet, but you will be in journalism. And so for me, it, like it's always just been really natural to have conversation and to chit chat with people just like we're doing now. So interviewing was probably my first, what I loved the most about my time at WWE and, and being a broadcaster as in general. But I also was really getting to love 
doing ring announcing. I think that's such a different skill that you have to tap into in your stomach and your vocal cords that I don't think people even realize how much talent and skill it takes from, you look at Samantha Irvin, who's just like rocking it right now. And then Alicia Taylor, Mike Rome, the list goes on. It's so hard. You wouldn't think it's that hard. You wouldn't think it's too hard, but it is once you get out there and the pressure's on you. And it, if you mess up just one little thing, of course, the whole audience and everyone on television <laughs> hears you. Um, so it's a lot of pressure, but I, I really love doing those two things. Oh, my God. That's so cool. And, you know, you're mentioning the interviewing portion of it all. For you, what were some of the interviews that were your absolute favorite? You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person. <laughs> Any favorite like moments that you had? Because you got some really fun moments with the talent yes. uh, when you're a backstage interviewer. Well, dating back, I'm sure you saw it on digital, on social, talking about the way. Do you remember Austin Theory and yes. her? Well, Johnny Gargano, Candace Gargano, Candace LeRae, like it, the stuff that we would do for social media interviews for YouTube, that was like, it, it was almost a challenge to see who could laugh, make each other laugh first because we would start the whole thing normal. And I wouldn't even ask John, I wouldn't even tell Johnny, hey, I'm going to ask you this question. We would just start it and then he would go off on a tangent. And then I would go back with something that he didn't expect me to say. And we just had this dynamic relationship on camera with all of the way, which was so fun. Um, and then you look at like Javier Bernal, when I was doing the little back and forth thing with him. And that was a lot of ad lib. I think that a lot of people get the misconception that it's all scripted. I mean, to an extent, you know what you're going to ask, you know what your question is, you know what you need to get out of the interview. But I think how you give a nonverbal or how you respond in a moment whenever maybe so something somebody says something that you weren't expecting like how you respond to that is really what grabs the audience's attention because they feel the this authenticity behind it they feel the genuinity of like oh okay i can feel the emotion behind this interview so i love doing this stuff with javier because i think it was my first time that people were like oh mackenzie has a personality <laughs> Mackenzie, like, oh, I, this is who she is. Got it. Cool. Okay. You do have a little wit behind you. And then Grayson Waller, like the dynamic that we had between our interviews or when we were talking on camera was just, it was natural because how he would respond is how I would respond. And we just had that natural banter. Yes. And I remember when you used to do those, you know, with Javier and it was this thing of like, oh my God, they're actually giving Mackenzie like an opportunity to like really show her personality. And I remember thinking like, I like this, like, let's do more of this, you know, yes. but it, it was this thing though, where, uh, you really became this, uh, you're part of this new era of NXT. And so it was weird, like no longer seeing you on the show. I was well, looking at it and I was you. like, oh my God, this <laughs> is so you. weird. It's going to take me a second <laughs> to kind of get used to it. Because when you start, when you see somebody so often, it, you're just, you're a part of it. You're a part, you know, all the talent, everybody. So with that, Mackenzie, I know it sucks, but how did you feel when you got the call that, hey, you know, we're no longer going to need you anymore? It was unfortunate and shocking, obviously. I, it kind of came out of the blue. I didn't expect it to happen. Um, but I also thought, okay, well, there's got to be a reason for this um, that I just don't know about yet. I think that there's things happen for a reason and there's going to be a new beginning in this. Maybe this is a direction that I needed to go or just to take a break for a minute and redirect and really focus on myself or my family or um, – what I want to do in 2024 to have a moment of like a rebirth, a renaissance, if you will. 
And so it did suck, but I think once the dust is settled, it's a way to kind of say, this is almost a blessing because we need that redirection sometimes in our lives as we just, we're going on, we're going on, it's routine, it's repetition, you just keep doing it. And then you're like, okay, I've been with the company for four years, like, what do I really want to do? Like, what have I not accomplished yet that I really want to work towards? I think sometimes it's important to stop and do those things and to take a look and reflect back and go, look at all these moments. This was fun. I want to do more of this, you know? Yes, exactly. I feel like they, I mean, they say it all the time, right? When one, when one door closes, another one opens and everything happens for a reason. And that's the thing. When you think of your time four years on NXT, you were able to show people who you were, what kind of interviewer you were, and all of that. But the goal is eventually to get to Raw and SmackDown. Did you ever have any conversations surrounding that, especially because they did bring in a lot of new interviewers and announcers, and they didn't go through the route of NXT first and then the main roster. It was just like straight to the main roster. So when you kind of see that, like, what is that? Like, what's, I don't know if the competition's the right word, or did you just not, you're like, I'm just going to keep doing me. Well, I think everybody wants to get to Raw and SmackDown, right? Like, I think that's kind of the goal in all of professional wrestling. I don't know if everyone feels the way, feels that same way, but I think majority of people would want to get to Raw and SmackDown and be on the road and have those WWE moments. Um, I, of course, wanted that. I, of course, wanted at some point to get to Raw and SmackDown. But I also felt like NXT kind of became my home and people really loved me on NXT um, from everyone in the company. It just, they, they just kept saying, like, I remember Andy Hartwell said something to me one time. She's like, when you think about NXT, you're the best fit of an interviewer that I've ever seen for NXT. And I don't know why. I don't know why that is exactly or if people can put a finger on what that is exactly about me and NXT that made sense. But it just made sense. And then once my husband started doing commentary for NXT, then it was like we were kind of this kind of this package deal with NXT too. So I was able to tap into that and really create my own <clears throat> story within X and within NXT in my own home, which I loved. Um, but it's hard to say that I wouldn't have ever wanted to go to Raw and SmackDown. I think part of the reason why you fit in with NXT was, well, your interview style, but also the fact that because you had been there, you knew everybody. And so it didn't feel like, oh, just new girl coming in and let's just rehearse these lines. Instead, sure. it felt because you were there, you knew the people already, you knew their stories, you knew what was happening. And I think that familiarity is mm -hmm. what really helped you, uh, you know, shine on, on NXT. And it was unique that I got to learn and work with new talent. You think about from the black and gold to NXT 2.0, that was really, um, nobody can, I don't know if many people can say that they went from black and gold into the NXT 2.0 into where we are now. And it was fun getting to work with new talent and new superstars such as Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and Roxanne Perez even, and them on the rise because I was able to work with the likes of Johnny and Candice and Tommaso and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly Undisputed Era, and then Raquel, and then you go to a whole new era of what was 2.0 to where it was an adjustment, but it was also really cool um, and fun. You have to evolve. And so it was able, I was able to evolve with all these talent. And now I get to see them go off and succeed and see what Carmelo is doing on SmackDown right now and Dragon Lee and like all these 
it's, it's really exciting because I was able to connect with all of these talent throughout their journey and be a crucial part of their journey, I felt. Yes, exactly. Like just getting to be part of that. Uh, what was it like working with Shawn Michaels? He's awesome. He's awesome. I don't know if you got the opportunity to meet him. I did actually. NXT. He's so nice. Yeah. And he's, and he's like not, in, I mean, he's intimidating of course, because he's Shawn Michaels, but he's just a lovable guy. Like he's just there to listen and to help, to help you and to help the company. And, um, he, my husband, like he is Sean's biggest fan. If you say, who's your two biggest wrestling fans? Like, and I always joke with Sean. I'm like, if somebody said, okay, to Vic, you have to choose your wife or you have to choose Sean Michaels. I'd be gone. I'd be out. It would, it, I, I don't know. I don't hold a candle to you. And then you'd be like, no. So we always had a running joke about that. Um, but Sean's great. It was, it meant so much to see such the kind words that he had to say about me in the press conference. Um, I loved working with him. I am endlessly thankful for him and the experiences I had with him at NXT. I love that. I love that. Uh, I know you have headline. And before we get to that, that is a big thing, by the way. Uh, for you, when you think of what you want to do in 2024, either in wrestling, out of wrestling, what is the plan? What's the goal? What's the dream? So I've had a few auditions. I can't reveal my cards of what that would be. And it would be outside of wrestling. So that's really exciting um, to maybe take a new venture. I have something that's in the works. I'm starting it in January that is still pertaining to the wrestling business, but also kind of involves fashion and style a little bit as well. It's something I've thought of and had a, it's almost a passion project that I've really wanted to create for four years and it just never got off the ground. So I'm really excited to kick that off in January. I don't know when I'm launching it yet, but the first episode will be filmed in January. There's a little tidbit. Um, so that'll be cool. So that's right off the bat. And then I'm, I'm going to different signings. I'll be in LA in February. I'll be back in the Northeast. I think like New York, Staten Island area in March. Then of course, WrestleCon. Um, then I'm back, I think in New Jersey. So I'm, I'm a little bit of everywhere in the first part of the year, which I'm very thankful for the support has been overwhelming from fans and from executives and staffs and talent and everyone across the board. So I'm really excited to see what 2024 brings. I love that. Okay. So now headline, I got to yeah. tell you, uh, I am obsessed with the jewelry and everything <laughs> that you, you got. So I ended up getting the, I think I thank the you Medusa, for purchasing. I, I saw that. Yes. Thank oh my you. God. So I had been wanting to get that one. Cause that was the first one that caught my eye. Then there was the bite me earring, but that one okay. sold out. Sold out. So the yep. Second it's back. I'm getting that one. Cause I loved it. it. But yes. How did this whole thing begin with you for a headline? How did the how did the project start? So I grew up in my family's jewelry store when I was a kid. Like I would come in and help my grandmother clean the showcases, uh, or great grandmother, I should say. Wow, great grandmother, grandmother, mother, clean the showcases, rearrange the jewelry. Like I've always been involved in the jewelry business. My great grandmother and great grandfather started a fine jewelry store in 1950s that's been open for 75 years. It still survives today in small town Dexter, Missouri. Um, my grandmother and my aunt run the store now. And so I've always had an attachment to jewelry. It's in fashion, it's always kind of came really natural to me. Um, four generations of women in business for my family. And so I always knew I wanted to create a line. I just didn't know what it would be. I didn't know when it would happen, where it would come about, how I would do it, how to start. I think that's the hardest thing when you're starting a business is where do you even begin? 
how, there's so many steps to get there, but how do you start? Um, and so I've had this idea for two years. And then this past June, I'm like, well, if I don't start it now, when will I ever, when will I ever just start a business and pull the trigger on it? So I did all my research, figured out what my brand name would be, which was the hardest part about it. I'm like, how, what, what do you name a company? And people just kept saying, why don't you just name it Mackenzie Mitchell? And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to, I don't want something to just be Mackenzie Mitchell because it's not just about me. It's about who is wearing the brand and it's about everybody else too. So I thought headline by MM sounds really nice because it incorporates what I do for a living of the, I'm breaking news, I'm making headlines, I'm doing that. And then the MM is my signature. So when I do my autographs, the big M's are how I sign my name. So it had a personal touch to it still with my name being incorporated. Um, and then I just got to work and figured out like, what designs do I want to create? How do I even begin? How do I meet somebody to make my jewelry? So I have all my manufacturing is in Thailand. Um, so I'm up at odd hours of the night talking to people in Thailand about designs, but it's been really cool to see what I can do with a business now. And I always say, I feel like you're either born with the entrepreneur gene or you're not. And I certainly feel like I'm born with the entrepreneur gene. I love it, man. I think it's so cool that you have your own business and something that you're passionate about. And the vision of it is the branding of headline I'm obsessed with. Because when I see that, when I see you, when I come on here and I see your background, I'm like, yes, all of this is exactly on brands with what I would picture a uh, headline and Mackenzie Mitchell. So bravo on that, man. I uh, can't Thank wait to you. see you continue to grow that. Mackenzie, I want to take a second to play our 10 question lightning round. Okay, game. here we go. So I got I'm nervous. No, it's not like a quiz. It's about okay. you. So you got don't it. have to feel like, oh, got to get all the answers right. The answers are whatever you want them you to wanna be. You want to say. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Uh, please answer them however you'd like. Here we go. Okay. Question number one. Who are your style icons? Dua Lipa, Beyonce, Casey Musgraves. Ooh, good ones. Question number two. Who are your top three most played artists on your playlist? Okay, um, right now it's Tate McRae, Beyonce as well, um, and I love Chris Stapleton. Ooh, good ones. Question number three, what is your favorite chick flick? Chick flick. I like The Notebook. I have to. It's a classic. It's definitely a classic. Question Rachel McAdams is a favorite. She's right. the best. All of she's her great. movies. Yep. Yes. Question number four. What is your favorite thing you own in your closet? Probably um, a dress that I own that was my aunt that she wore at homecoming in 1990s because it was something that she wore. And then I wore it again when I was at the age of 15 and then I just wore it for a premium live event a couple of years ago. So it's a really special and, and unique, old, unique old piece that's became new again. Oh, I love that. Question number five, what is the perfect date night? Chilling on the couch with some pizza, maybe some wine and a good movie. Yes. And the dogs. Yes. yes, I love it. Comfy. Question number six, if any celebrity could wear your jewelry, who would you want it to be? Um, I would have to say Dua Lipa. Um, and then I would also love to see JLo in my piece Ooh. I think, and headline. I think she'd be a perfect fit for headline. Yes, I can see her with the nice like gold, uh, the gold Medusa one <laughs> would be perfect, right? Yes, I can see it. Question number seven, if you could be on the cover of any magazine, which would it be? Probably Vogue. 
I think Vogue is such a standout magazine and embodies all things fashion, life, love, um, and style more so than anything. Question number eight, what is the best advice you would give to someone who wants to start a business? Just do it. Just start it. And not by the slogan of Nike, but just <laughs> genuinely just start it. Because I think there's so many people that are willing to help once you just take the idea and just make it happen. You may not know where you're going or what direction you want to go into, but once you just start the business, people are there to help you. There's a great community, especially in Orlando. That's awesome. Question number nine, what are your top three favorite stores to shop at? Zara, Steve Madden, and Aritzia. Oh, I love Steve Madden shoes. They're the best. It's my go-to. Always comfortable too. Yes, exactly. Uh, last question, question number 10. What is, what is your favorite memory of 2023? Probably it has to involve headline. Probably my starting my business in June of 2023, the day that I launched the brand, all the hard work that I'd been preparing for and stress and hours of staying up late and figuring out inspirations and how it was going to happen. So probably June of 2023 when I started the brand. Wow. So it's only been since June, 2023? Only six months. Oh my God. I was going to say, and you have so many products. You have a lot of stuff that's sold out. You got the vision down. That is incredible. And I Thank almost you. feel like this release almost happened so that you can focus more on headline. And, and maybe so. And maybe that's what needed to happen. I had, I had also said in a previous interview that I was just exhausted all of this year. This year was a very tough year. I think personally for personally, professionally, mentally across the board. Um, and sometimes I think things happen. So you can just, it just forces you to take a break, forces you to rest and say, no, you need this. You need to have a moment where you're just redirecting and you're creating, um, sorry, I don't know if that cut off. Can you hear me? Oh no, okay? you're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Can you are you hearing Siri's me? talking to me saying it's not a problem? I can hear you now though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she said it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Um, She's like, I got you, girl. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Sorry about that. No, okay. um, yeah, but I think I think things happen so that you're able to redirect and to say this is gonna be your new direction. We'll see what happens from there. So we'll see. We'll see how 2024 unfolds. That's awesome, Mackenzie. Well, I'm really excited for you. Before we wrap up this interview, please let the people know where they can support you, where they can find your jewelry and all of that. So I'm Mackenzie and Mitchell on social media, and then you can find Headline by MM on all socials, and you can shop Headline by MM on the website as well. Perfect. I'm going to post all of the links to that in the description box below. And once I get my Medusa necklace, I'll go ahead and, and model it. I can't it wait to see it on you. <laughs> me too. I'm a big Thank Taylor Swift fan. So when I saw the snake, I'm like, yep, this is me right here. This is, yep. this is You're in your vibe. reputation era, right? Yes, exactly right. that. Exactly that. So I can't wait uh, to wear that. But thank you so much to everybody watching. Thank you so much to Mackenzie Mitchell. And we'll catch you guys on the next one.